brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm Darius Slayton, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. Coming to you again from the training camps, the training camp tour at RosterWatch.com. Joined by our guy, you know him from the SiriusXM show, you know him from the Bethy Algo pod that we have on our RosterWatch.com feed during the season. He's the man behind the Algo. You can find him on, on Twitter at BetTheAlgo, as well as on Instagram. He is Can't Miss Mitch. Mitch, how the hell are you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing absolutely fabulous. First off, it's great to get out of that Texas heat. I am now officially the tackling dummy of the New York Giants training camp. So thank you for making that happen. And uh, it was it was it was a treat to get on the field yesterday and watch these boys take some snaps and try to get a good feel for how this team and the energy are starting to, you know, build upon each day at training camp. So yeah, was a was was an interesting day yesterday uh, at the Meadowlands, and, and and you'll be back you'll be back later later today, right? And then um, if anything new pops up, we'll make sure and get that information out to all the listeners. But just from yesterday, what you were able to take in, sound like you got to see some good team periods. It felt like you got to see some good situational periods. You sent the photo from down at the down at the goal line when it looked. I mean, it looked like they were they were going completely live, right? So. Um, just how does it, what do you think? What's the, what's your overall vibe? Like, was there, before I go position by position, you got one overall takeaway uh, about how the team looks right now. So, yeah, you know, the official feel, and I don't know if it was just a gloomy day and the fact I might've been a little bit hungover from the day before <laughs> hanging out in New York city, the energy felt a little meh, just overall. It didn't feel like there was just a lot of like energy coming from the guys. Everyone was even keel. Maybe that's what they're trying to do and just focus on, you know, the day-to-day reps and not really focusing on the future. But it did feel like the energy was a little lighter than I would hope if I was a Giants fan. But even with the crowds there and stuff, huh? You just, that's how it just, huh? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, what what about the? I mean, it's, aside from the esoteric energy stuff, what about the like the actual play on the field? So let's talk about the quarterback spot, Daniel Jones. You know, what did you see out of him in practice, and and how do you view him going into this season? Yeah, you know, it, with with Jones, it was kind of a mixed bag. Uh, his deep balls looked good. He had a few be being bobbled uh, or completely missed by his receivers. 
Honestly, one of the best throws I saw all day was him hitting Isaiah Hodgins on a 10-yard slant in. A lot of under routes that I was seeing come out of the backfield or having, um, you know, a guy like Hodgins or Campbell uh, come under and some of the uh, backup running backs. So that's really kind of what I was seeing out of Jones. But I think overall, he, you know, he looked good. He wasn't getting a ton of, of live um, throws. We saw, you know, DeVito getting uh, a lot of action and obviously, you know, their, their uh, primary backup in Taylor. So that was really what I was seeing a lot of out of Jones. Um, Saquon getting a lot of carries, although really didn't see him break anything. Uh, it kind of felt like he was getting, you know, two hand tackled, in the backfield for quite some time. Um, one of the more interesting observations I had overall, Darren Waller is an absolute matchup problem. There's no question about that. He is just, it felt like he was two times bigger than anybody on that field. That's the word that keeps coming out of there, Mitch. It's just like, no matter if they're longtime reporters, no matter if it's somebody that's just kind of going through on one of these tours and just sitting there for a, a day or two and just trying to get the the temperature of what's going on. It's like, everybody says the same thing. It's like, it is. it doesn't even appear to be something like a narrative that's only cropped up through camp among these guys who have been there the whole time as some sort of collective memory is formed about what's what's going on. It's like, it feels like every day, it's like, even if you're new, like even if you're the new guy there, like you go and you just see something where the dude just pops off, man, like, like every day. It's so, um, was he like, is, does he look to you like he's the number one re- receiving option in the receiving game? There's no question that he is going to be the number one option. If I'm Daniel Jones, uh, I'm going to try and find him. Um, what a little bit concerning, no real big deal, but saw him holding his hand for a little bit. Um, looks like his hand might've got, you know, tied up in a Jersey. Didn't look that serious. Uh, but the, these are the little, you know, injuries that start to accumulate over the season. And obviously with his health issues, that's been the biggest problem with, with, uh, with Waller, I think, but there's no question. I mean, he is the matchup problem. He is a force. And if you're looking back at last year and you look at the giants uh, wide receiving court, no one really had, you know, over 700 and, you know, 20 plus yards. I mean, Slayton was their guy. So they really need to have, you know, a big, big time um, showing with Daniel Jones. I think the bigger concern, it really starts with that O-line. And we had a chance to listen to some uh, commentary um, with their uh, new center, uh, John Michael Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a rookie, right? But this guy is a rookie. He's really good. He's really, be, really, he's yeah. a really, he's a really, he's a fantastic player. <laughs> like, or at least he was a fantastic prospect. Did like, did you? I didn't know that you saw anything about Schmitz. Like, what, what do you have on 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 him? Yeah, here's just general what I have to say in these this offensive line. It, it's I think this is you know the Achilles heel of the entire Giants offense because they've got 14 wide receivers on this training. Uh, camp roster. I mean, loaded with names that we're familiar with, um, obviously with a name like Saquon there, but the real question is this young offensive line. And I think they're just building, they're taking it day by day. And that's really kind of what I'm getting out of that, you know, giants camp 
from all the players. They were kind of on the same page. Let's just go play by play, you know, day by day and just build on what we have and focus on that. And I think that's going to be a big deal for these guys. If they can perform, then I think, you know, we should see an improvement out of, you know, a Kafka second year uh, scheme. So let's just see. I mean, um, it's, it's going to be real interesting. And I think if you're going to draft Waller from a fantasy perspective, uh, I think you almost have to take Bellinger as a backup and, and just watch that. I mean, he, he was getting some, uh, reps along with uh cager on the tight end spot on the wide receiver spot, Alex. Uh, you know, I think obviously Slayton, you know, is going to be their one. You've got Campbell, uh, who I didn't see catch a lot of balls yesterday. Um, and obviously Hyatt, you know, he's really kind of pushing, um, Isaiah Hodgins and he was getting a ton of looks yesterday. Hyatt or Hodgins? Isaiah. Hodgins. Yeah. He was getting a lot, a lot of looks as well as Sills. Who's like, you know, it's kind of the same story. I was talking to some of the, uh, Sills always looks good in camp settings. That is exactly (laughs) what the New York media was saying. They're like, yep. Sills, another great training camp. I mean, just Mm -hmm. getting a lot of reps and look, he's probably been the most consistent guy from, you know, showing up and, and and reps in, in game time. Well, he's going to be a good play in preseason DFS whenever we get to some of those bigger slates. No one's going to play David Sills. Um, so we have a question in the chat from Freddie. So which wide receiver besides – he means Waller. Which wide, which receiver besides Waller will have the most fantasy points for the Giants? If you had to pick one, is it your guy Slayton? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be Slayton, absolutely. Had a chance to talk to him after practice. First off, what a great guy. And I think the way that you can look at a player is how do they handle themselves? How do they look at themselves? I think he's very honest and has a lot of integrity and he's somebody that can say, you know what? I haven't had the best training camps in years past this year. I feel like I've had a really good training camp better than I've had before. And he's just really trying to perfect his game in training camp. So when he comes out in that, you know, preseason or regular season snaps, he's going to be building upon that. And I, I think he could, I think he could have a really good year. I think Waller's certainly going to open up some options for him uh, and, and give him an opportunity to, you know, I think probably seven to 800 yards. I think we can look at his numbers from last year. I only think he had two touchdowns from last year. I think that number is going to go up. He would, he would be my guy. Good question. So, all right. If you had to just before the wide receivers, I want to ask you a little bit about the running backs. It feels like the tight end is pretty cut and dry. It's pretty interesting what you said. I, I don't think you need to take Daniel Bellinger and fantasy as a backup. If you take wall or waiver wire. Yeah. But, but um, like there was that George Kittle was on somebody's podcast recently and they were asking him about some of his favorite young tight ends in the league. And like the first guy he came up with unprompted was Bellinger. It's just like, where did that come from? Like it's, 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 it's wild. Of course, Kittle being such an awesome blocker and stuff like that looks at the whole entire skill set. Maybe not necessarily all things that we look for, for fantasy, but I think it's interesting that you bring up Bellinger, man. He's a guy that a lot of people think is pretty, pretty talented and was looking kind of good last year before. What was he got his eye kind of poked or something? Let's see. That was that that was he got the orbital fracture. He got his eye poked, and so he he was he was out for most of the last year. Um, so, 
I'm going to ask you about the wide receivers. I want to circle back about offensive line. Just one quick question, but with the wide receivers, does it seem like just being out there at practice? And I know you're not charting these things, you know, rep for rep, but does it seem like Hodgins, Slayton, Paris Campbell is the top three guys, or is, does Jalen Hyatt start to crack in there at all? I um, didn't see a lot of Hyatt yesterday. He obviously had a big day in Thursday. He was the talk of the entire media and in camp. They were very high on him. Um, just, you know, one of those big playmakers, you know, he, he's, I could see him crack in. I could see him crack in, uh, in, in that top three, just with his explosiveness. So he could kind of be a boomer bust guy, you know, as things shape up, but look, you know, this is all about injuries, right? So if somebody gets hurt out of those three, one of these guys like, you know, Hyatt, and then you've got a guy like, although I don't know if Sills is going to be the guy that pops in there. I think Wendell was PUP yesterday, mm-hmm. so I didn't get a chance to see him. But it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of names, too, and a lot of vets on this team. You had, you know, Beasley I saw getting reps and and uh, and, and Shepard getting reps. and Crowder's you know, out there, too, right? James Crowder's out Crowder's there as well. I mean, a lot of big-time names that – I, I I don't know why they're out there, but um, yeah, it just there were there it almost just felt like there were too many wide receivers at that position. But obviously, I think when you look at years past and you look at the production coming out of the receivers, it it makes sense why they're stacking up and and seeing perhaps these vets can offer these younger guys uh, some critical tips to to maintain uh, you know their bodies and continue to to build on on their young careers and promising high it is i I think i'm i'm hoping that i get to see him tonight you want to win your fantasy draft no i mean like really do you really 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 want to win your fantasy draft because you can win your fantasy draft with the roster watch ultimate draft cheat sheet available at rosterwatch.com it's the revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever and it's the only tool you'll need this draft season You've heard Roster Watch live on Sirius XM Radio here on the podcasts from all the NFL training camps. Now all you have to do is follow the three simple rules at the top of the sheet of paper using the Roster Watch cheat sheet. That's it. Three rules. An extra quality draft is guaranteed if you follow the three simple rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet. You can't afford to draft without it. It's available now and only at rosterwatch.com. Okay. Uh, well, and then about the offensive line. So when you say that people there are kind of just tentative about it and stuff, is it more of like a, let's see what happens with them? Because if you look at the names, all right, at left tackle, it's what it's, it's Andrew Thomas. He's already, I mean, if the, if the, an offensive line was defined by its best player, as opposed to what it needs to be defined by is, which is its most weakest link. Right. But if it was defined by its best player, they would have one of the best offensive lines because Andrew Thomas has come along as one of the best left tackles there is, right? Um, And then if we just look at the right tackle, that's Evan Neal. That's an elite first-round prospect, but he was not good last year. Um, If if he can take a step forward and if John Michael Schmitz is as good at center as – as. I think he'll be, and you know, like as a lot as, as a lot of people think he'll be. I mean, he was an early second round pick this last year. Um, I think is it. I think it's Ben Bredesen and probably Mark Mark Glowinski at the guards. Those guys are two um, serviceable replacement level type players. So it feels like if you get the step forward out of Neil, you get the John Michael Schmitz. That's the glass half full kind of version. I don't think. 
I mean, that's going to be actually that offensive line could be good, but it's just the fact of the matter is you don't know if they're going to, you don't know if Neil's going to take the step forward. You don't know if Schmitz is going to look, look, look like a rookie. And if you just get the two guards being the replacement level guys that are the better of those, the better of that group of four, then, then you're in trouble. That's kind of, that would be my view on kind of what you're saying. I don't think that it's all doom and gloom. I think there's some chance for upside with them, uh, with, with the offensive line. Is that kind of what you like? You're not saying it's, it's, it looks bad. Right? No. Are you saying it looks bad? Or are you saying not at all? And no, I, I, I think it's just completely unknown because yeah, you right, have right. some experience. Obviously, Glowinski, I think he's, you know, their, their senior guy uh, in terms of NFL experience, but just a young group with a lot of upside. So, you know, it really kind of depends on what they do up front. That is com- going to completely dictate yeah. uh, what this offense can do. But here's here's the kicker. And this is why I really like Jones at the quarterback position, because we saw him on a two point conversion uh, running in and it was a design play. And so I also saw uh, Pimpleton getting some wildcat reps on a, you know, little undercut you know, uh, flip, which they could do some, you know, fakes there. And I could see Jones, you know, keep the ball and, 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 you know, run around that left side, uh, what you mentioned and run behind Thomas. And you can kind of see some of the other guys that, you know, John Michael Schmitz is probably going to be able to pull. And, and so we could see some really interesting, uh, design runs and plays for Jones that even if there's some breakdown there, I think that's kind of the benefit and, and why you got to like Jones, as probably a top 10 quarterback uh, in, in fantasy this year. So definitely not doom and gloom. It's just, let's see what happens, but certainly the potential is there. Pimpleton, another good name to remember. Khalil Pimpleton, another good name to remember for preseason DFS. If they're working him in um, doing those kind of specialized packages and those gadget things, those are the kinds of, uh, those are the kinds of things that, you know, in preseason DFS, if they if they walk in for a touchdown or something like that and you get 6.5 fantasy points, like that goes a long way in preseason with these guys only playing a quarter. So, um, okay, uh, let's talk quickly just about the running backs. I think everybody knows that Saquon, Sa- I mean, Saquon, Saquon, right? I mean, that's just how it goes. Saquon is Saquon. Um, did you see – you talked about the backup running backs. Did you notice whether – because you said some of them catching balls out of the backfield. Did you notice whether it was number 31, Matt Breida, number 20, Eric Gray? Yeah, Breida, yeah, Breida Brightwell, they were getting reps. Okay. Uh, as well as Robinson getting some reps. But obviously, you know, they were with Taylor or DeVito and, and, and that crew. Um, I didn't see anybody else really getting those, you know – uh, first line reps. Uh, Breida might have been in there a play or two. I didn't really recall anything specifically happening that was significant when with any of those guys. Okay, well, just maybe today if you can keep a uh, if you can just keep an eye out just for for number twenty for Eric Gray. He was a guy that we liked a lot at the Senior Bowl as a pass catcher. I, I just I, I'd, I'd like to know if they're using him like that at all, even if even if it is with the backups. Uh, he had a bad combine and he kind of fell off for a lot of people's radars. But I, I think if something happened to Saquon, he could be pretty interesting. Um, okay. And then that's, I mean, that's it for me as far as just the overview of it. But I wanted to ask you, so your thoughts after being there for one day, of course, we know you're the king of the Algo. Um, have you, have, have you looked at, at week one lines yet? Like I know you haven't run them through the Algo, but I know you've probably started at least thinking about them. You see that the Cowboys are going to be at these giants week one the, uh, on DraftKings. 
What, what do you think the line is? Do you even know right now? What do I? Here's what I would imagine. So, uh, Cowboys on the road at the Giants. I I almost want to say that the Cowboys would probably be a two and a half point favorite. It's so funny, man. It, the Cowboys are three point favorites, but it's minus one. It, but it's but it's minus one twenty on the Cowboys. It's there you go. <laughs> it's I like, haven't even looked at the lines. I swear, but that would have been my projection. Well, I'm just like, man, they're not they're not coming off that three. They're they're not going to give you that 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 they're two not. and a half. Um, what, I would buy you, the three if I'm if I'm right now. Just you know, obviously, we don't know who's going to be the you know on that on that final lineup. A lot can happen from from now uh, till then, but you know, division rivalry, I buy that and, and, and take uh, the typical juice and, and buy that giants line to three. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I'd like to pay attention to the running backs. Um, obviously the defense a little bit. Um, what I was trying to do, it's going to be a little tough to ask players and talk to some players today. I don't believe they're doing um, any interviews this afternoon. It's a, it's a night practice, but I, you know, I really wanted to ask the defense what they saw in the offense, because when I asked Darius Slayton, what he thought about the offense and described the offense in just a few words, he said, explosive, tough, and smart. And I'm wondering if the defense has that same vantage and description of what the offense is. So I'm going to try and find somebody today uh, and engage and just get a feel, even if it's, you know, uh, a circle of the, the the New York media and just kind of get a pulse around uh, what that defense looks like. And that's certainly going to help, you know, feed the algo on, on the other side of the ball with, with who they're playing. Right. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, speaking of some of the betting lines, just two more. I want to ask you, Mitch, before I let you get out of here and go enjoy Hopefully, don't enjoy New York City too much to where you're actually able to make it out there to practice tonight. But um, the uh, the I'll let you get out of here. But I just wanted to ask you: so the odds to win the NFC East? It feels okay. So Phillies minus one thirty five. Dallas Cowboys are plus one ninety. The Giants are plus eight fifty. The Commanders are plus sixteen hundred. To you, does that? It feels like that eight fifty might be too it feels like it's too much, but then you realize it's like, but it's not only the Eagles you got to worry about, which is such a colossal task. But then, you know, if, if, if anybody backdoors it, it's, it's got to be you and not the Cowboys. Yeah. I, that to me seems like a donation. I think you're better off giving that to your favorite charity. Um, I would definitely not be taking the giants at a money line to win the NFC East. There's no chance about that. Uh, I think the Eagles are, are an absolute lock and I'm actually in uh, a suburb of, of Philly right now, kind of along that Northeast corridor. I was thinking about checking out the Eagles tomorrow at training camp. Um, so if Sirius can get, uh, you know, some media credentials in there. That'd be great. So I can actually interview some of these players. But um, I think I think one of the roster watch crew are going to see a joint practice perhaps with with those guys and somebody else coming up here in the next few weeks. T- to me, the Eagles are, are a clear favorite. They're a potential, you know, Super Bowl, uh, you know, cash ticket. I like them coming out of not just the NFC East, but the NFC. They just look fan 
fantastic. And I think, I think this division, um, as good as it is, what we've seen is a lot of parody in years past in the NFC East. I think the Eagles have certainly made it very clear that they are the team to beat. They are elite. And when you look at kind of, you know, the Giants and the Cowboys, could they steal a couple wins from, you know, perhaps at home against uh, the Eagles? Maybe, you know, they travel well, not too far. I could, I, I could see maybe uh, the Giants stealing one in like a sloppy game. You never know, but I wouldn't be taking the Giants uh, <laughs> at a, at a uh, plus 850, you say? Yeah. Yeah, plus 850. Yeah. Commanders are plus sixteen hundred, by the way. So, um, I, th- I I think that was uh, Michael Lombardi, the, the the great Michael Lombardi from the GM Shuffle podcast, says that that's a St. Jude's bet. You, you're probably better off just donating it to St. Jude's. Um, okay, uh, let's just finally let's talk about the, the 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 win total on the season. Currently sitting at seven and a half on DraftKings. It looks like there's. I mean, it's the same with the juice on the un- – the juice is minus 120 on the under. It's plus 100 on the over at at 7.5. I figured I could just go through our strength of schedule tool at Roster Watch. And l- maybe, Mitch, you could just tell me, like, let's let's go through each game just quick. Just I quickly. love that. Yeah, I've got it pulled up too, but, yeah, so, go ahead and drive. Okay, so Dallas, you, you think that – I mean, what are you going to put that as a loss or – you know, I, I, I think I like the plus three. I think that's like a one, one or two point game. I would probably, I don't know. May, I, I, I think they get, I think giants potentially could win that game. I could see okay. them winning that game. Okay. So let's just chalk it up as a W. Okay. So, so we got one at Arizona win two at San Francisco. That's a loss. Seattle at home. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. Um, I could see them winning that game. Okay, we're we're at three at Miami. Loss at Buffalo. Loss Washington at home. That's a win. Four New York. Oh oh gosh, the battle of the the battle of the of the hometown uh, at home versus the Jets at home. I I'm going to say that's going to be a loss for them. I that defense might be too much. Yeah. At at Raiders. That's a loss. At Dallas. That's a loss. At Washington. That's a win. We're five. New England, your boys. I would say Giants win that game. I think they win too. All right. So that's six. We got a bye week. Jordan loves Green, Green Bay Packers. I think the Giants could win that game. We're at seven. I think okay. So Derek, Derek Carr's we're going uh, over because yeah, because the, the Saints of the Rams, you got the Saints and the Rams. They're going to win one of those games. Yep, um, and potentially steal one week eighteen at home at Philly, who's already secured uh, a buy by then. So there's a potential. Uh, I think nine is a good number. If I'm also betting the exact games that they win I think nine is a safe number